Gunnar Esiason, and you're listening to Breathe In, a Cystic Fibrosis podcast presented by the Boomer Esiason Foundation and GunnarEsiason.com. This podcast series has been made possible by Vertex, Novartis, Digital Credit Union, and Atlantic Health. The views expressed on Breathe In, a Cystic Fibrosis podcast are that of Gunnar Esiason, Tiffany Rich, and guests, and not necessarily those of the Boomer Esiason Foundation. Nothing in this podcast series should be considered medical advice. Such advice can only be given by a physician who's experienced with cystic fibrosis. The Boomer Esiason Foundation, Gunnar Esiason, Tiffany Rich, and guests cannot be held responsible for any damage which may result from using the information on this podcast without the permission of your medical doctor. You're listening to Breathe In, a Cystic Fibrosis Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to Breathe In. I'm Tiff, and Gunner has left me alone once again. But today I have a very, very special guest who is one of my best friends, Kat Kurban. Hey Kat, Hello. how are you? I'm good, how are you? Excited I'm, to be here. Yes, I'm so excited to have you on. I've been wanting you on for the longest time, so we finally did it. Too bad Gunner isn't here, but I know, I know he's missed out. He is, he is missed, but we're going to have a great time in his honor. We'll manage without him, I think. I think so. I think we can do it. I mean, we do FaceTimes like 24-7. This is just another <laughs> FaceTime. <laughs> this is just another one. So Kat is 22. She lives in Boston. And she was actually a late diagnosis of cystic fibrosis. So, Kat, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and then how you got diagnosed? Um, as Tiff said, I'm 22, and I live just outside of Boston. Um, for, I guess I'll just say stuff about me, and then we can go into how I got diagnosed. Totally. But I had a pretty normal life growing up pre-diagnosis. Um Definitely had, like, health issues growing up, but, like, never anything serious to the point where I would have gotten diagnosed. And then, so, I lived in Boston my whole life, and then I went down to North Carolina for college, which is when I got diagnosed, when I was in college. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, that's, that's very late. I know. Late to the game. I was 18 and just starting out. I know. <laughs> so... How did that feel, like, getting that, it's pretty serious diagnosis, if I have to say, (laughs) that late? It's weird because, well, should I just get into how it happened? Yeah, no, totally. Just tell us the story, girl. Once upon a time. No, um, (laughs) so I used to row, like, I did crew in high school, and... We were in Florida for winter training. It was super intense. There were three practices a day, and my shoulder started hurting, but I didn't think anything of it. This was my junior year in high school. Turns out my shoulder was dislocated, Hmm. and it took about a month before we realized it was dislocated. Mm -hmm. Um, So all the muscles around my shoulder just didn't work properly. So I needed two years of PT before I could get the surgery, which... Right. When they told me I could get the surgery, I was moving down to North Carolina to start school. So they were like, okay, keep doing PT at school, and then we'll do the surgery when you come home after your freshman year in April. Mm-hmm. So I finished my finals early, and I came back, and my surgery was at Boston Children's Hospital. Mm-hmm. 
and the surgery was successful. But after I, which I don't remember much about this summer, I'll tell you that first. Um, but basically I couldn't keep anything down for about a month after the surgery. I was on a lot of pain meds. They gave me a lot of different ones that I don't even know. I don't even remember. Uh, but I couldn't keep anything down. And so finally my mom was like, there must be something that you will be able to eat or drink. I was literally like just drinking tea and smoothies if I could even keep that down. So she made an appointment with a dietitian nutritionist at Children's. And by the time I had gotten that appointment, it had been a month since my surgery and I had lost 30 pounds. So right away when I was at Children's with the dietitian, she like grabbed my arm and like pulled me into a GI doctor and was like, you need to see her. She needs to be admitted. Like, we don't know what's going on, but she's very malnourished. Right. And I was just like, I don't know what's happening, but I don't feel well. My shoulder hurts and Mm -hmm. all of this. So the doctor that ended up seeing me that day was like, I can feel your pancreas from here. Like you need to be inpatient. Mm -hmm. So I packed up this, where I was, was at a, not the main campus of Boston Children's. So they had me go home, get my stuff. And then I was admitted at the Boston location of the hospital. Mm -hmm. Um, They were like, you have pancreatitis we need to give you an NG tube. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I got an NG tube. That was so fun. Oh, they're the best. (laughs) I I really, I really love them. If you didn't know, (laughs) they're they're just so uncomfortable. Yeah. And they mismeasured like the distance from my nose to my stomach. So it was actually coiled up back into my esophagus. So when they had the, (laughs) when they had the feeds on, it was just like, Going back I was up. just, yeah. Um, yeah, so if you guys don't know what an NG tube is, we've talked about it, but it's nose to gastro, so nose to your stomach um, tube. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they just, like, fish it in yeah. through your nose, and right. you're awake during it. Um, yeah. Thankfully, I was at a children's hospital, so their tubing is much smaller than the adult size, which I would have mm-hmm. gotten if I wasn't at a children's hospital. Right. yeah. So... After about two weeks in the hospital with the NG tube, my amylase and lipase numbers, Mm -hmm. which are the numbers, like when you have pancreatitis, they see what those numbers are. Yes. And those were just still trending up. Right. Um, So I guess what they had told me was that they figured after five days of an NG tube, my numbers should have started trending down, but they weren't. So they're like, we need to start ruling some things out and mm-hmm. see what's going on because normal treatment isn't working. Mm-hmm. So they go, okay, the first thing we're going to just rule out because we know you don't have it is cystic fibrosis. So <laughs> <laughs> they bring me down to what I now know as CF clinic and they gave me a sweat test. I was just sitting there watching Ratatouille, not thinking (laughs) that a couple hours later, my life would have been changed forever. Right. But in the lady, I was thinking of whether or not I wanted to share this. Yeah. But I think it's important because if you're listening to this and you are someone that administers sweat tests or is dealing with a patient similar to my story, 
or any late diagnosis for that matter, I think it's important that you hear this. So the person administering my sweat test said, oh, I can tell you right away it's going to be negative. Like after the test is done, I can tell you in five minutes. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Little did she know. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) So the sweat test was done and thinking about it back now, I realized like, oh my gosh, she must have been so nervous. Or like mortified that she told you that you weren't going to have it. And then all of a sudden, oh, it's positive. Yeah. Yeah. And because the, because I was in a wheelchair, the the clinical assistant had to come down and wheel me back up to my room inpatient, but there wasn't one available or they were late getting me. So I ended up waiting an extra 20 minutes after the sweat test was done. Mm -hmm. And the woman who had said that to me ended up taking me back up to my room. Oh, um, and yeah, and <laughs> thinking about it, I'm like, I'm like, wow, I can't believe I didn't ask for like, if it was negative or not. Like, I don't know what I was thinking. Again, I don't remember much about that summer because pain meds. Yeah. Oh, for sure. You're, you're going through a lot. Yeah. Um, and even like when I think back about this day, my mom has told me a lot of like weird things that, that happened that I didn't remember. You don't remember, yeah. You don't for example, one of my best friends from college, who was my big sister in the sorority, was visiting. And in between when I had gotten the sweat test and before they came in to die, like to give me the results, I was hanging out with my bigs, whose also name is Kat. And my mom and her mom were hanging out like oh, separately. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it turns out that I had asked her about we were talking about something and Kat has her own connection to CF. Um, unfortunately her family is connected to someone who has passed from CF. And I randomly was asking her about that that day. And so when we all met back up to go to my room, a social worker met us at the elevator and was like, are you Katya Kurban? The doctors need to see you right away. And I was like, okay, whatever. My mom was like nervous. I think at that point, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so we said goodbye to Kat and her mom and we headed to my room which well and there were about 15 doctors in there waiting so you always know that's a (laughs) you gotta love a teaching hospital Um, but apparently so when I walked in I go (laughs) exactly when I walked in I go I need a pee So my mom helps me to the bathroom and then I proceeded to tell her about Kat's family's connection to CF and which I had remembered that one of my mom's close friends in middle school had CF and that's Mm. the only time Mm. I had ever heard about cystic fibrosis was because my mother sat behind her in class and she would need to like um, basically give her chest VT when she was coughing to try and help her get stuff out because my mom sat right behind her um and I told her that and then we walked out of the bathroom and they were like hey you have cystic fibrosis and my mom was like what wait what so it was just weird that we were talking about that yeah the same day but I don't remember what exactly they told me I remember that they said I have cystic fibrosis and they're like I remember them being like, oh, don't worry about kids. We'll come to that later. Like, don't worry about this. We'll, 
whatever. And I was just like, I don't even know what this is. Like, what do you, it was the weirdest. You think you're thinking about that right now. You're thinking about your diagnosis and being like, what's my life going to change to? Like, what's my routine now? Exactly. And I think that it's different with, with my experience because I think they were just concerned with my pancreatitis and that not resolving itself. Yeah. Or I just don't remember what they said. And, but I don't think, and I don't get me wrong. I'm so grateful for Boston children's and like being at that hospital and being diagnosed there. But Mm -hmm. I don't believe that they did a good job informing me of what my life would be like now. Oh yeah. Well, it's a Um, big change as you know, now it's, it's a lot. It, yeah. (laughs) Because for myself and a lot of cystic fibrosis patients, we get diagnosed at birth or within the first couple of years. So then this is our life. This is all we know. But to get exactly. pushed into it at 18 years old, when you're just starting your life after doing grade school and stuff, it's such a, it's mm-hmm. a different process because you actually have to change everything that you knew before. You have to do something new. So how did that, how did you go about getting into that routine? Did someone help you? Like, how did this all change from going from one type of life to now I have CF? So basically, after I got diagnosed, we started looking back and being like, hmm, were there any symptoms that... Yeah just we didn't know and there were a ton (laughs) and (laughs) we just didn't know right um but again the immediate concern was like me gaining weight again pancreatitis going away I wasn't I couldn't have anything by mouth at that point um it actually took me like three months to be able to eat by mouth again so I think that was the immediate concern because my body had been so used to not being able to like digest yeah. food by mouth that I like psychologically my body just didn't trust food anymore so mm-hmm. it took so long for me able to not have anxiety around eating anymore because I had just been constantly getting sick after eating mm-hmm. so after that got all cleared up um I got my feeding tube out the first day classes start classes started. So I got to school late my sophomore year and it was just kind of not even, it wasn't like they're like, you need to do treatments already. They were just like, you need to eat. Like we need to get that settled before. Um, I had done PFTs. I had gone to my first clinic, but because my pancreas and my eating and GI stuff was my main concern, they didn't get into all the respiratory stuff until later. Mm-hmm. So I was lucky enough to have my mom be able to stay down in North Carolina with me for the first like month of my sophomore year. And she helped me get back into a routine of things, but I was definitely weak. And like walking to classes was a struggle. So yeah. I was now on... I was now connected to disability services, which I hadn't been my freshman year. Yeah. Um, 
And luckily enough, I had an amazing support system and my friends at school that drove me to class and just helped me in any way I needed. I wasn't like going out on the weekends just because I was so tired and just regaining my strength and stuff. So that was definitely a challenge just getting back into school, especially college where everyone is all about, you know, making the most of their time there and going out. Yeah. Um, Such a change. It really is. Yeah. So I think like it's, it's been a gift and a curse being diagnosed Mm -hmm. so late. Like I'm grateful that I didn't, I was never sick enough to the point where I had to be diagnosed. But then I think about, oh, what if I had been diagnosed earlier? Would I be healthier than I am now? Mm -hmm. Would I have, you know, you always think of what if, but there's nothing I can do about that. So I just like want to move forward. Definitely. Just do what you Um, have to do now to keep yourself healthy and do what you want and live your life. And you might have a little bit of an obstacle, but I think that moving forward and just not thinking about the past and everything is such a admirable and amazing thing to do because some people can go back and just be like why didn't why didn't we get this diagnosed earlier why 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 but you're just like let's just go let's just move forward and go and that's amazing well well first of all thank you (laughs) second of all I just it was never an option for me to be like why is this happening to me it was just like wow we finally have answers for what's been going on all my life and this past summer with my pancreas and stuff Mm -hmm. so I was just grateful to have answers of what's going on and be able to do something about it because there was just so much time of what's going on why aren't your numbers trending down why can't you eat what's like happening with this so yeah then it was just like so I guess what I'm trying to get into is because I had to like get back to normal for like weight wise, strength wise, and Mm -hmm. being able to eat in general, I didn't exactly know about like the CF community and all of that because I had gotten my feeding tube out and then went right back to school. So I wasn't around Boston children's. Yeah. Um, but then I had a job with the admissions at school and this was at October of my sophomore year. Mm -hmm. And they sat us down. They're like, you guys need to see this video. This is the first accepted student of the incoming class. And you need to see the video that she like sent in. And it was all about how she had cystic fibrosis and she wasn't going to let it push her or anything. And I just started crying because I, it's just, I do think certain things happen for a reason. And like, it was just incredible that. I had just come back after being diagnosed yeah. and here I was watching this video mm-hmm. of someone else coming into high point with CF. Yeah. So it was just surreal, but then came into the fact of, Oh my gosh, there's someone else coming into my small school yeah. with CF. And I had no idea about the cross contamination or yeah. anything like that. I knew a little bit about it, but I wasn't. But how would you know? You just got diagnosed. And, exactly. You know? It was just like, yeah. Yeah, and I think that I'm so grateful that I'm able to advocate for myself because Mm -hmm. 
every most of what I've learned, it's because I've been faced with a challenge and had to look up information. And I'm so grateful for the CF community. And there's so much online now mm -hmm. that it's really easy to learn from it. But the one thing I have to say is there wasn't a lot about college life and CF and, you know, this girl was going to be going through sorority recruitment. What was I supposed to do? Yeah. I was in a sorority and what if she wanted to be in my sorority or yeah. whatever. And I wanted to give her the chance to be surrounded by the amazing group of girls that I had in my sorority. Yeah. But it was just a big whirlwind of information. Totally. It's like college is a time where you find out about yourself and you learn whatever and mm -hmm. me was like oh and you have a diagnosis so just add that into the mix too <laughs> yeah exactly it's that's a lot to just take in and be uh, away from your home as well not with your family especially during this time mm -hmm. that you're trying to transition your life into oh I have a, this life-threatening disease that I just got and <laughs> You know, it's, I'm sure it's hard to go from being with your family to living on your own or in your sorority, whatever you were living in, um, yeah. and have to, you know, transition that way. How was that, not having your family and kind of doing your care that way without yeah. them? It, it was definitely hard because... Well, not hard, just different. Like, as I was figuring everything out about, you know, using my NEB, getting on treatments that way, I, I don't do the best, as you know, but yeah. um, just different things. Like, now being aware of if there are smokers around me, which I always was before, but now there was the underlying thing of I need to protect my lungs now more than ever. Um, and just doing sinus senses and taking care of my body and enzymes and all that stuff. So everyone at school knew all about that because they were surrounded by it. But like, and my mom was too, to a degree, but my siblings, like it took them a really long time to understand what I go through every day because they just weren't surrounded by it. Mm -hmm. They were in Boston and not around me at college and didn't see firsthand like me navigating the steps of what to do now with this diagnosis. So mm -hmm. it's strange because all my friends from high school like they saw me, of course, when I was really sick in the hospital, but they didn't see the after step of after the diagnosis and now yeah. my daily regimen and treatments and stuff. Yeah. So it's just interesting how that's so normal for my friends from school and they yeah. all know about it. But yeah. it took a while for my friends from high school back home to yeah. realize what this new diagnosis meant. Yeah. Um, and I was lucky enough that the there was a GI doctor who had worked with my GI doctor at Children's mm -hmm. and she had moved to a hospital in North Carolina. So I was immediately set up with a clinic down there in case anything happened. Um, which again, I'm just so grateful that I do live in Boston where there are so many incredible hospitals and like, and I got diagnosed at a time where there's such groundbreaking yeah. therapies and yeah. that I have access to Totally. It's just like, it, it made me very grateful for the, like, situation that I'm yeah. in. So it kind of was at the perfect time in a way because then you were able to, you got your 
shoulder surgery and then they realized oh something's wrong <laughs> so this was good that you were up here and you actually were getting medical attention and yeah. you weren't at school and something happened so it kind yeah. of seems like it was supposed exactly. to happen at this time even though we wish it wouldn't have happened but you know then I wouldn't have met you exactly so that's another yeah. thing you know and it's just like my mom I remember once after a rough clinic appointment pretty soon after I'd been diagnosed or something she was like I wish they didn't even tell us mm-hmm. and I was like mom no this I'm on the yeah. right stuff I can prevent further progression going fast and you know I have to be grateful for the access that I do have I got Mm -hmm. on gene therapy medicine which I'm so thankful for and like who knows where I would be now if I hadn't had shoulder surgery or if they hadn't given me the sweat test yeah Um, and like there's of course I've met so many met air quotes (laughs) so many incredible people that have impacted my life and like I think people with chronic illnesses have such an amazing outlook on life that I'm so grateful because so many people my age that don't have chronic illnesses tend to take things for granted for the most part if they haven't experienced something Mm -hmm. to this kind. And I'm just, everyone's always like, I don't know. It's just, it gives you another perspective and I'm grateful for that perspective. Yeah, I, I agree it's great to see all these people's positivity and see that they're living life despite their obstacles like you are. And it's, it's amazing Mm -hmm. to see. And Mm -hmm. I know that you have a new chapter starting and that's going to get your master's. I am. So I guess then I'll talk about, so a couple of months after I got diagnosed, I started getting more like, like following people on Instagram yeah. with CF and watching mm-hmm. YouTube videos. And, um, of course that's how I met Leah through Instagram. As we know, she loves the DMS. Right. And I was like, at that point I was like, I really want to work in a healthcare setting, but I just I don't know how I can do it now because mm-hmm. my doctors had been like, you need to be careful of other people that are sick. You need to be cognizant of those around you. Totally. And so I saw in Leah's profile that she was a nurse and I said, Hey, of course you don't know me. I was so new to the <laughs> CF thing. Like, Hey, random stranger on the internet. Can I ask you a very personal question? Right. <laughs> but basically I asked her how she's a nurse with CF and she was like, Oh my goodness. It's totally doable. There are so many people in healthcare professions that have chronic illnesses, and Mm -hmm. it's totally doable if you're, um, what's the word? I just, to be just cautious, compliant with your therapies and keeping yourself healthy and all of that stuff. So she is really the one that pushed me. Uh Exactly. Exactly. So she's the one that really encouraged me to pursue this path into becoming a child life specialist um so yeah it's like what what would I be doing now if I wasn't if I hadn't gone through all that stuff at the hospital yeah would I be getting my master's degree or whatever like I wonder what I would be doing and I just 
I feel like I would feel very lost. <laughs> yeah, well, it seems like you're on the right path and you're doing what you love and that's all you can ask for in life, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what do it's you... It's just funny how things happen. Yeah, they happen for reasons and... I know that you helped Leah with my transplant video and that was a really, that made my day. I, that made my like life <laughs> when I was in transplant. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. I forgot about that. Cause I think that's, so while you were going through transplant, Leah was like, all of these people are asking me how TIFF is, but like, I can't even process that my best friend is getting a lung transplant. And like, I need to process it and need to help her and I can't talk to her and whatever. So I was like, oh my gosh, let me edit this video. Like you need, you need some support too. It's, sure. it's, it's a, it's a hard lot on all, the support system. It's a lot on all parties Everyone. for someone to go through that and for you to help and do that it was very thoughtful and you're an awesome person for doing that well that I mean I'm just glad like that's how I'm I don't know it's just like <laughs> I remember my friends thinking um that why are you facetiming with people you've never met or why how can you talk to these people like you know them when you've never met them in person. I'm like, you guys don't know anything. Like these right. girls are my best friends and they get me in a way that you guys can't. Yeah. And that's such a beautiful thing to have like a relationship like that with people that yeah. get you. Well, it's important. Like we've always talked about is that the technology with having cystic fibrosis, like you said, cross-contamination, just being mm -hmm. able to connect on someone with someone on a level that no one else can, and you can actually see the person, and, you know, you're not getting catfished, which Lee and I always laughed about. We're like, what if we're catfishing each other? Ha, ha, ha. You know? <laughs> it's just funny. <laughs> it's just kind of a funny thing. But just to be able to have a connection with someone and help each other through everything and doing that. And then for you to be late diagnosis and then coming into the community. And now you kind of, you came mm -hmm. in at the right time, especially with technology with this way, because now we are able to know, right? talk and see each other when, when we were younger, that wasn't anything we could do. So, it's really cool, and yeah. your story is amazing, and I'm very proud of you for all that you've gone through, and you're such a... Tiffany! Well, I'm serious. I'm serious. You're such, a, like, an inspiration for everyone, and I'm, like, going to cry because I love you so much. Like, you have been Stop. such a... <laughs> I, like... A great person for... In, like, Tiffany some... Marie! <laughs> in my life, I'm just very grateful to have you. Well, I couldn't have done it without you or Leah or so many people. And it's just like really the people you surround yourself, whether it be virtually or not, mm -hmm. really do impact you. And yeah. I can say I've learned so much from you guys and I wouldn't be who I am 
without meeting you air quotes <laughs> and everyone else in the CF community yeah well we are <laughs> blessed to have you in the community now and so we're getting to the end of the podcast but I want you to end it by giving advice to anyone that may be late diagnosis just anything you want to tell them mm -hmm. I'd say my biggest advice is don't be afraid to advocate for yourself mm -hmm. and do your own research about it I my doctor's main focus was getting me back strength wise and weight-wise and getting my amylase and light pace down that I had to mainly advocate for other things I wanted to, like treatments and stuff and what to do when they were just kind of in the mindset of, oh, we'll cross average when we get to it. Um, but I was like, no, now that I know I want to learn as much as I can about this and I want to be compliant as much as I can with the therapies that I have access to. Yeah. Um, so I think mainly just don't be afraid to advocate for yourself. And, you know, I think the best thing is like a give and take relationship with your doctors because they don't know how to treat you unless you're being completely honest, but they also don't know what you want unless you tell them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's totally true. Like hundred percent. I agree. <laughs> it's great advice because we all need to be our own advocate and that's something that I'm very passionate about. So thanks yeah. Kat for coming on and sharing your story. It's Thanks for I'm having sure, me. I'm sure it's going to help so many people and you're an amazing person. Tiffany, mm. I can't do these compliments. Uh, just just thanks take Thanks for having in. me. Just thanks for in. being there for me and all that stuff sappy 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 okay well everyone if you are listening you guys can listen on different platforms as well so we have uh, itunes which if you go on itunes make sure you subscribe rate and review give cat five mm -hmm. stars and a nice review because <laughs> she's been through it um, we're on Spotify <laughs> and SoundCloud, and we are actually... A mixed will be dropping soon. Yeah, mixed <laughs> And also, we're looking into more platforms, and yeah. Also, if you want to get in contact with us, our Instagram is at breathe underscore and underscore pod. Slide in the DMs. We love it. Um, <laughs> if you have a topic or anything that you want us to uh, talk about, slide in. And if you want to email us, it's breathe underscore in underscore pod at assisin.org. So Love I'm it. Tiffany, that's Kat, and thanks for listening. Bye. That's all for today, <laughs> Bye. Sayonara.